Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. Many of you know I have not been a social media person until around July of 2020, but of course, teaching humanities and culture, I have been well aware of the content on social media, but I have to say one thing shocked me more than anything else after going on to Facebook, and that was the pervasiveness of political memes. Memes, memes everywhere, and I'm not talking about shared cultural experience memes that are fun and entertaining. There are tons of those out there like the I hate Mondays or birthday memes or geez, I'm getting old memes, sports memes, relationships memes, hate my job memes, or those things that anyone can relate and enjoy and we can collectively laugh together about. This is what comedy or satire has always been about throughout recorded history, this shared connection, a bit of humility to laugh at ourselves and our situation is required, but this isn't what political memes are about, and that's what I want to talk about today. What I see when I see a political meme posted from either the left or the right is that these successful viral political cult memes, they induce intense social interaction and behavior, but not in a shared moment of levity and humor, but it's nothing more than an attempt to rub salt in the wounds and in the eyes of the other side. I believe it's important to discuss how negative this psychological warfare is to our country and it is as Americans doing it to to fellow Americans that's the most disturbing part of this. We hear and read about the divisiveness in America all the time. And memes don't help at all. And if you post, like, encourage, or share them, you are contributing to the problem. To the angry meme poster, I would say that publishing of these things is sort of like drinking poison in hopes that the other person's going to get sick from them. Political meme posting is completely counterproductive to any type of a rational conversation. These memes could be said to be a new form of satire. And now satire, it isn't new. Of course, the meme is a very modern phenomenon. And it's not exactly satire, but it's pretty darn close that it warrants a look backwards in time to see how, when, and why satire has been effective and why memes just don't fit the purpose of or the characteristics of high-quality satire. From the Western world's perspective, Athenian drama is really where it began from roughly the 7th century BC, but it flows all the way through the Romans later on. And... The, the roots were taking hold all the way back then, and they very often raised political issues. This was true in both Greek tragedy and comedy, but it was especially true of comedy, which satirized contemporary events and, and personalities in Athens. Whereas when you read the Greek tragedies, they were usually confined to stories drawn from the myths and the legends 
They were often set in these vague and misty past places. Of the 30-plus Greek tragedies that survive, only one, uh, Aeschylus' Persians, deals with events in living memory, whereas all the surviving Greek comedies have contemporary settings. And Aristophanes is surely the most famous of the comedians, and he poked fun at everybody. He poked fun at the Greek gods. He reveled in obscene jokes. He attacked inept politicians and politics in general. He mocked militarism and even flirted with the concept of feminism way before that idea would have even come close to being mainstream. So in fact, I want to talk about three types of satire. Two of the three don't apply to modern political memes. The third one is is kind of where we cross over a little bit. So the first one, and maybe the most mild, is something called Horatian satire. And it was named after Horace, who was a Roman poet. And this type of satire is very gentle, sympathetic form in which the subject is mildly made fun of with a show of engaging wit. And this form of satire tends to ask the audience to laugh at themselves as much as the target of the satire. So you can see it's the the least confrontational. Then along comes Menippean uh, satire. And this was a Greek satirist. And this is often chaotic and a formless satire that just satirizes the structure of the world in general. It tends to mix all kinds of genres, it collapses categories, and it almost basically ridicules everything that exists. Its exact targets are often so hard to locate because it seems to attack everything and everybody. And you often see a preoccupation with sexual misfunctions, even bodily fluids in this, in those types of satires. But Neither of these forms fit this modern political meme culture, which is the topic of our podcast today. Modern meme culture tends to be a direct between the eyes shot at the opposing party. And so that brings us to juvenilian satire. And this is a harsher, it's a bitter form of satire in which the subject is subjected to contempt and condemnation. This form of satire is by far the most judgmental towards the topic and they ask the audience to respond with indignation almost to the event it betrays. So the juvenilian satire most closely aligns with our political beam culture. But there's still a difference here because going back to the Greeks, the goal of satire was not demoralizing mockery. You say that again, it was not demoralizing mockery. Its goal was to invigorate public debate, encourage critical thinking, and call on the citizens to question the status quo. You could say this is noble, this is good. You could almost say it's a requirement in a democracy to have something like this. It's an important way to communicate on politics with society at large. Our meme culture is more about, gee, you sure are stupid. I am so superior intellectually. There isn't a debate really to be had because, well, you're a racist, sexist, misogynist, or the close your ears type meme that says, la, 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 I can't hear you in a childlike outburst. So the use of satire 
in American history doesn't mirror what we're seeing right now in our meme culture. It all, it hasn't always been so poisonous. We've seen satire emerge when political discourse is in crisis and has been used to put political pressure on misinformation, folly, even abuse of power. And this is important. There was a day, believe it or not, going back to the old even SNL, where actually equally they would mock Republicans and Democrats instead of becoming what we tend to see today, which I sadly say is just almost unwatchable. It's become so obnoxious, hate fest, devoid of humor. So in fact, the meme culture, a new format for satire with amazing potential for a good dialogue is in fact disgustingly destructive as it's shown up in our modern society. If you don't believe me, go to Facebook, Twitter, or anywhere you find political memes. Just look one up, then scroll through the comments. It isn't pretty. If it wasn't politics, one would think the respondents were talking about a football game where there's a winner and there's a loser. It's it's very sad to see. If you go and see a pro-Trump meme, or now the now with Biden president, there's a lot of the I told you so memes that will lead to comments like Donald J. Trump, greatest leader in the history of the world and the one true American patriot. Yeah, you nailed it. Boy, those Democrats were so stupid for electing Biden. Now look what's going to happen. Or those on the other team, um, you know, people responding in kind from the other side will say things like, boy, you are ignorant. You're an ape. You're a moron. You're a fool. Uh, and so maybe in turn, they'll post another similarly quote-unquote funny meme in response to some other memes. This is not what satire is supposed to be. Not at all. There is a fine line between humor and offensiveness. Comics have, Comedians have had to deal with this for a very, very long time. But political memes fail, and they fail nearly every single time. But why? Americans in past generations always had the ability to laugh at themselves. In the world of politics, in the online world, all humility to laugh at oneself or listen to others appears to be lost. And for satire to work, there are certain characteristics that need to be present. The first one, there needs to be a shared experience, a concept of a shared reality. See, if Americans are not united as one country, one people, one overarching feeling of nationalism in which we are all in this thing together, humor can and it will break down every time. Humor can be a great salve on wounds, but if we're looking to heal together, but we have to be willing, looking to heal together. But right now in American culture, this too often isn't the case as the political demagogues have effectively pitted America against American. So, sure, they hold responsibility, these politicians, this media, but so do we, all of us collectively, for letting those dirty politicians and media pull it off. And they're forcing, and they moved us to succumb to the same divisiveness that they've implemented in their media meanderings. So, you posting political memes, it won't solve anything. 
So don't make things worse. But without that shared experience, the meme isn't funny. Pointing out flaws that we need to work on, but instead they're perceived as threats or mocking someone's intelligence or minimizing another person's opinion. The second thing required for a satire to work is there has to be a sense of humility. The definition of humility is nothing more than freedom from pride and arrogance. Humility doesn't mean you're a doormat though, but it does mean you lack this overinflated ego, self-importance, and know-it-all personality. And we know online there's a whole lot of know-it-all personality. Being humble allows you to admit when you're wrong and to be open to other opinions. Being humble ensures you're not angry, indignant, self-righteous, and all those negative, aggressive, negative emotions. Do you show those emotions when you read memes, post memes, respond to memes? Just something to think about. In short, if you're humble and open-minded, you can see, you can hear, you can read satire or memes, and you can literally just laugh at them. But if you're full of ego and self-righteous indignation, you can't appreciate memes pointed towards you. I think it's very safe to say in our modern world we're not humble. In fact, having humility is often seen as a character flaw rather than anything positive. So in short, satire can't work without humility, so satire is not working right now. And then the third thing, number three, a clean simple, coherent message. Great satire can deliver a knockout punch of knowledge, true, clean, and square between the eyes when it's done properly. Every generation always says, things are different this time. And I'm going to abuse this cliche and say in the area of political satire, things are different this time. Satire requires something that's lacking right now, and that shreds of truth. And you say, how can that be? But truth, truth. Where is the collective nation, the nation supposed to turn for truth right now? CNN? Fox News? The New York Times? Please, I wouldn't trust any of them as far as I could throw them right now just to deliver unbiased news. Those squawking, opinionated, venom-throwing bobbleheads? No thank you. See, satire needs truth, and we don't have it as a common cornerstone anymore. So political satire breaks down because there's no common thread of truth. But even beyond this, memes, maybe the shortest form of satire, is utterly awful as they make massive, huge, broad overgeneralizations at extreme levels. And they're riddled, well, with pretty much any and all fallacy and reasoning ever created to effective debate and conversation. Now's not the time to go through all the fallacies and reasoning. I've done them before, but they have personal attacks, overgeneralization, straw man, oversimplification, slippery slope, and I can go on and on and on. It's embarrassing, really. But you see beyond just a lack of cogent truth that becomes riddled with fallacies and reasonings, one of the biggest faults in political discourse through the meme is this. There's literally no nuance to any argument. None. Can Donald Trump be a loudmouth jerk? Sure. 
but Amin can't get into any of the nuance of his character and what he did. Can the Green New Deal have aspects that are so absurd as to defy any logic or coherence? Sure. But a meme can't get into any nuance of what is or is not relevant. Can COVID-19 policy, response, or treatments have some utterly stupid and incomprehensible aspects? Sure they can. But a meme can't weigh effectively the overall risk versus reward. Can both hardcore left demagogues and hardcore right demagogues have some utterly off-the-charts extreme views? Of course they can. But a meme can't take into consideration the people behind the caricatures. Memes paint with this broad brush. A really, really broad brush. See, what we really need is not 120-word political dissertations on Twitter or a picture with 8 to 10 words on it as a meme. What this country needs is an in-depth, real conversation. Memes feed a frenzied fire right now that, quite frankly, need to be put out. So what can we do about it? What can you and I do about it? I ask you, as kindly as I can, please stop posting mean-spirited memes. If this is something you get a rush from, try to find something else online to give you that endorphin hit. Yes, I know you have many friends who like and comment about how funny these are. But when you post these memes, you're contributing to the vitriol in this country. Quite frankly, I don't care whether you love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump or ride or die Democrat or not. You still don't need to contribute to vitriolic anger and mocking other people. Our current meme culture does this. It doesn't speak well on you when you are making fun of other people. Also, please just don't even like or comment on these nasty political memes. And please, if at anything, stay away from the ha ha ha, you really got the liberals on that one, or ha ha ha, you got the Trumpkins that time. It's childish. It's beneath you to do such things. If you're participating in that, do you actually believe posting or liking or commenting on those things ever will help convert the other side to consider your position? Be honest. Of course you don't. Any more than when you read an offensive political post that you disagree with, do you turn around and say, boy, that was a good one. They offended me greatly. And now I guess I'm going to switch sides. I've been totally convinced of my errors in, in, in thinking by that meme. I mean, it's ridiculous, really, right? Just as you would never be altered by a meme, neither would a person you target on the other side be convinced by your meme that you post. This type of cognitive dissonance that is required to change a political opinion is never, ever coming from a meme. I've also talked about this in other podcasts, but it bears repeating. The best and almost required characteristic of changing somebody's mind on politics in a debate or conversation is finding some sort of common ground. If you really want to influence the opinion of others, first, you must understand your, your opponent's perspective. And then you link the beliefs supporting their perspective to your argument. Sound hard? 
Yeah, it's very hard. But the way to run a marathon is to take a first step. And the first step to truly convince somebody is to understand their opinions and perspectives first. Then you can try and convince them. How do you do that? Well, you have to ask them. And here's the real kicker. You have to also listen to them once you ask them and not interrupt them or shout over them or shut them out. That will never work. Ever. Never. This isn't some fairy tale or Hollywood movie. Heck, sometimes when people can only name call, yell, scream, or just simply refuse to listen, those people and those types, you just have to leave them alone until which time you can get to a baseline of trying to understand each other. After that, then you can move to trying to convince somebody. Maybe this is why people cling to memes. It's easier. It's more fun. And it doesn't challenge ourselves to grow at any level. But again, let's just get back to the memes. Imagine a world online without these silly political memes and that part of the internet went away. Let's say political negativity represents 30% of the internet. I don't know that's a fact. I'm just saying for argument's sake. Imagine how much better it would be going online and engaging with people. How much better it would become without that nasty political meme culture. Let's all challenge ourselves to stop the ego tripping, the name calling, the inane meme posting, the hate mongering. If we did this collectively, it would go a long way in trying to bring a more meaningful sense of normalcy to society. And don't tell me you're wasting your time. It's here to stay. To that I say in my life, in my world, I'm not going to post a political meme or respond to a political meme with any level of anger, vitriol, or name calling. And what if everyone just did that in their own life? I, in my life, I can't solve the world's problems and neither can you. But I can control what I post and what, what I type and what I respond and how I respond and so can you. And if all of us stopped with this degrading, demeaning, and uneducated practice of posting and responding to political memes, we can make a change. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. This was a sensitive topic for many. And if you are a political meme poster, I hope this at least helps you to consider not doing it and not responding, liking, or forwarding these things. In life, we can and should do everything in, in our power to control the things we can. And whether we contribute to this meme culture is totally within all of our collective power. Until the next episode, if you click like or follow, you'll be alerted when new episodes come available. Talk to you soon, and I hope you have a wonderful week. 